0: Are you a founder or critical operator spending too much time on bookkeeping, expense classification, and tweaking your financial model when you should be spending your time on customers and growth? Cue Graphite. They are a full finance department as a service for early stage and growing CPG startups. Think of having a CFO, controller, and bookkeeper, but for the fraction of the cost of hiring even one internal team member. That's Graphite. The truth is that most CPG founders fail due to a lack of understanding of their unit economics, aka a lack of proper accounting and finance. To download their free financial model template, free chart of accounts template, and other resources, go to graphitefinancial.com CPG. Graphite is also offering a special discount just for our listeners of 8% off their accounting and forecasting services. Head to graphitefinancial.com slash CPG to claim your discount. That's graphite, G-R-A-P-H-I-T-E, financial.com slash CPG. Hey, listeners, would you like the chance to be featured on this podcast and on Startup CPG's live LinkedIn show, The Dish? If you buy a ticket for our mic drop party at Expo East by August 31st, you'll automatically be entered for a chance to win a spot on both shows. The Dish is our conversational LinkedIn live show hosted by Jenna Mobsvitz, and I'll join as well for a special episode that will be featured on this podcast across all podcast players. The Mic Drop Party is the evening of Thursday, September 21st during Expo East in Philadelphia. During the party, we'll be featuring backpack brands, and some of the incredible party guests signed up so far include retailers like Kroger, Whole Foods, Bristol Farms, media companies, and VCs. It's a karaoke venue, so get ready to sing. Or just come to network and sample the backpack brands, which will be announced in Slack. We expect the Mic Drop Party to sell out. So get your ticket today at the link in the show notes and we'll announce the winners the day after the party. Please note you must attend the party in person to be eligible. And this offer is only available for CPG brands. And if you already bought a ticket, good news, you're already entered. See you in Philadelphia.
1: And I think what things like Backpack Brand and even Expo West, they encourage you to do is just to go for it and just to extend yourself out of your comfort zone, throw your hand out there and try to get that connection made because you never know what's going to happen. Just remember kind of why you exist in this space and try to get other people excited about your ideas.
0: Welcome to the Startup CPG podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Freitag. Today's guests are active members of the Startup CPG community and we're a crowd favorite backpack brand at Startup CPG's Expo West Alley Rally. Hannah and Bazad Varamini are the co-founders of TEND, the first snackable real food prenatal. They are reinventing multivitamins, replacing synthetic hard to stomach pills and gummies with superior real food supplements for every stage of life, beginning with pregnancy. I love getting to hear more about their story and I'm so excited for you to hear about their journey so far. Listen in as Hannah and Bazad share about the process of founding TEND and how Hannah's prenatal pill experience paired with Bazad's PhD background to create a new product, how they went from kitchen science project to commercialization and branding, their experience with accelerators, including SKU and the Target Forward Founders Accelerator, how they use qualitative and quantitative consumer data, their Expo West experiences and tips, and what it was like to be a backpack brand at the Alley Rally, the experience of being married and co-founders, what's next for Tend, and more. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Bazad. So good to have you on the show today. How are you both? Pretty good.
1: Awesome to be here.
0: Great. Awesome. It's really nice to have you both here, and I would love if you could start us off by telling us a little bit about each of yourselves and about Tend.
2: My name is Hannah. I am actually a visual artist. That's my background and training. So I studied painting and drawing and uh, traveled the world. Always thought I would live overseas. I'm originally from the D.C. area, but now living in Los Angeles. Azad and I met at my best friend's wedding in New York City. And because of that, I'm now in L.A.
1: Sorry. But yeah, I did bring you to LA. Um, it was never my plan to be Californian either. I grew up in the Midwest in Green Bay, Wisconsin until I became lactose intolerant. And then I moved to the East Coast, where it's less about cheese and more about just type A personality. Go, did all my schooling out there on the East Coast and then look for a job um, in academia. I have a Ph.D. uh, in human nutrition and I wanted to be a professor of nutrition probably about 10, 12 years ago now. Was single at the time, could go anywhere in the country. California and L.A. were compelling as a single person. And so moved out to California to work, got married to Hannah a few years after that. And a few years after that, got into this crazy entrepreneurship journey.
0: That's amazing. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the 10 products. What are the flavors? What are a little bit about the products and where people can find them that may be listening and haven't heard? We'll also make sure there's links at the end, but just so the people know where they're available. And then we'll dig more into
2: how you got started. But I
0: just want to make sure people know what the products are.
2: So ten is a prenatal supplement that's in the form of a bar. And what I had to take previous to F- Bazad and I founding Ten was a handful of prenatal pills that is very rare. You cannot actually get all of your prenatal nutrition in one pill. And for me, I have a huge aversion to pills and I could never swallow pills since I was a kid. So when it came time, we were talking about kids Start on the prenatal pills. It was just really difficult for me.
1: Yeah, I'm watching Hannah struggle taking all these prenatal vitamins. And I wanted her to enjoy that process. It's already hard enough to try to get pregnant, sustain that pregnancy with all the symptoms and the nausea that go along with it. And just the stress and the uncertainty and wanted to turn her pill struggle with the prenatal vitamins into something that she would look forward to. And based on all my research, wanted to also give her nutrients and vitamins from foods, uh, as opposed to ones that were synthetically made in a lab, like all those pills and gummies are. So that struggle and some of my research brought us to a place where we wanted to reinvent the prenatal vitamin as a snackable supplement. So Tend is now available as Um, A small 30 gram bar, lemon berry, which is our bestseller, peanut butter, chocolate, and chocolate sea salt are our three signature flavors. We're also releasing seasonal flavors on a regular basis. Actually, we're releasing a seasonal flavor. First time we're saying it is on this podcast in about a month. So really looking forward to that flavor and customers have wanted to see us expand flavors and we've released seasonals in the past and we really want to release fun seasonal flavors that people will look forward to taking in the pregnancy and not just a bunch of pills like Hannah was struggling with or gummies that we find really sugary. Just wanted to snackify that prenatal vitamin experience.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, it was so fun to get to try the project originally as when you were a backpack brand at Expo West earlier this year. And I was like, what an awesome idea. Like, because yeah, so many people taking pills is not a pleasant experience. You have to take so many. I'm like, I wish that this product existed a few years ago for friends when they were going through the process of having to, you know, take all of those pills and you have awesome flavors. And I got to try your formulation again this week and you sent me some more product. And so it's just really fun. The lemon berry, I I just love it. It makes the, it totally changes the game of the experience. So I'm wondering if you can talk us through really early days, what it looked like to be like, okay, are we really going to do this? Was it First, just let's make something at home for Hannah and then deciding, okay, maybe we should make this available for other people. Or did you always know that you wanted to to make it available for other people? I'm curious about what the very early conversations looked like for you both.
2: It started, yeah, in our kitchen and Bazad was inspired by the fact that I could not swallow my pills. I'd have to concentrate, say a prayer, drink a huge glass of orange juice, which I don't usually drink, and he had this idea.
1: And at first I was just taking Hannah's typical prenatal pills and grinding them up and trying to put it into a smoothie or a cookie or whatever I could and it just tasted like what you'd expect a ground up vitamin pill to taste like. It was chalky, it was sour, it was metallic. And I was just like, why can't we just give people what they need from foods? Oh, I know, because you'd have to buy a pile of fruits and vegetables and eat that every day. So we started to get fruit and vegetable powders that were dried down and concentrated So kale, broccoli, sweet potato, sunflower seeds, giving all the same vitamins and minerals you'd find in a prenatal pill or gummy, all from foods, which a lot of the research that i would worked on showed were better absorbed. You don't necessarily need a PhD to understand that foods absorb nutrients better than from pills. If you've ever had a vitamin and then gone to the restroom and noticed your urine is brightly colored, I think a lot of people resonate with that or have had that experience. You've never had a salad or a really healthy meal, right? And then gone to the bathroom and noticed that your pee is bright yellow. Like, why is that? Mm -hmm. Because our bodies are absorbing those nutrients. They're not just passing through us. So that concept really inspired me to want to not only redefine what the experience of taking a prenatal vitamin was, but just the ingredient panel, the sourcing. So we started to source from different places on the internet. I started by Google searching. I didn't know where you could find this stuff, ingredients, and put them into different forms that were more enjoyable than... And, his pill routine.
2: and also happened to be shortly after this, the pandemic hit. So we were stuck in our apartment and here's Bazad experimenting, really trying different things and that uh, we had the time and space to do that. Oh yeah. Wow. What was the
0: experience like for you, Hannah? Were you able to switch away from pills pretty quickly? And I'm curious about your feedback. Were you working on more iterations of, all right, let's figure that out. And then Bazad, were you doing the math or making sure that there's the right nutrients in there? It sounds very technical to make sure that everything's in there. So I'm curious what the back and forth looked like of Hannah, you being like, this is actually tastes good for me to actually eat. And Bazad, you being like, maybe this version doesn't have the right nutrients in it or something. Yeah.
2: That's all of that. It was Bazad bringing me product. And not just me, but we'd bring it to our friends' places. And when we'd have dinner parties, we'd be like, hey, guys, tasting. We're going to have a tasting right now. And we tried so many different forms, so many different types of ingredients, different textures. Both Bazad and I love food. I love baking. He's really, he's a foodie, very sensitive <laughs> palate, Bazad has. And so we were trying all sorts of things. And for you, yeah, you were trying to source the nutrients. Of course, for me, I was mostly concerned with the taste. And when our friends were telling us, hey, this is a great idea. We want you to actually try to make this.
1: If I can step back, at first, it tasted horrible. At first, it we tasted,
2: like, it tasted <laughs> like garbage. We didn't give that to anybody. Because
1: what you're doing is you're having ground up spinach and kale and like chard, and you're giving that to someone and you can't hide those flavors easily. So I ended up finding through a connection, someone who had a culinary background and experience actually making snacks. In the cpg space who i worked with who gave me some really good advice on how to hide and mask flavors when it turns out that certain flavors can hide other flavors and certain textures can even hide certain flavors so we worked i worked with this individual for a decent amount of time and brought her a lot of stuff to taste and at the same time hannah a lot of stuff to taste and i probably couldn't stomach what i was making i don't think hannah could either i think she's being generous Uh, Maybe the first six months to a year, it was horrible, but it got better, which indicated to me, maybe we can get this to a point where it's not only tolerable, but it's something that's enjoyable and you'd look forward to. And that probably took a year and a half. It probably took so many spreadsheets. Shout out to Google spreadsheets. (laughs) And it probably took, Jesse, like you hinted at, a lot of iterations and testing. So I would test levels of ingredients and nutrients, and I'd give Hannah a batch of eight different tests in one. And she would pick the optimal for that variable, and then I'd go test another variable. But of course, these variables all interact. So it took a lot of back and forth. Even though my background is as a scientist, I'm not a formulator or a chef. So it took a lot of-
2: But you have food science experience.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but it was was like more like mad science than real science. (laughs) Took a lot of experimentation. The first day we'd make it, it would taste good. And then three days later, it would taste like you were sucking on a copper penny. So it was a lot of learning about just what it meant to formulate something from scratch.
2: Yeah. In a nutshell, I was not. It took years to create this product and kind of in parallel, we were trying to build our family and we did have a kind of a long pregnancy journey with a couple of losses along the way. So it was this parallel journey of birthing business and um, birthing our own baby, who is actually now 14 months. We have a baby girl, but it was a long process. So I was not able to make the switch right away because it took a long time to create from the technical point of view, this product that actually has 25 micronutrient plus protein and fiber.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, I was like, I feel like you were building a family at the same time and the pandemic was in there, but I assume you weren't able to jump in on this like full time. So you're doing this on the side, this, these experiments and everything. And so that's amazing that you went through all of those iterations to get to the product today. That's just incredible, all the work that you did.
1: Yeah, I think the coolest thing now is seeing that a lot of people that taste it and don't understand that it's a prenatal, just tastes like a normal snack bar to them. I didn't know that we could ever get to that point. And then just the feedback has been just a lot of fun to hear from people, of course, moms specifically about what this has done for them and how it's helped them. So it's been really rewarding, not only to see it pay off, quote unquote, in our own family and to make Hannah's journey a little bit more enjoyable, but to see it uh, play out for so many others has been just amazing.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering about then commercializing it. You have beautiful branding and packaging. I just, I love all of it. What was it like to determine the brand? And then I assume working in either a commercial kitchen or a co-manufacturer to do a production run. What did that process look
2: like? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Brand has always been central to tend, even when we didn't know that we were building a brand. We just feel really indebted to our community. We have a great network of friends and family who are really talented. So actually, the branding um, was designed by a friend of ours who has experience in, in CPG, and so she got the idea and she she understood exactly what needed to be communicated. This kind of warm maternal energy that is also fun and will pique your interest while not being because the supplement space is a rather kind of sterile impersonal space so we hit it big because she did the branding and it's from when we started been the same but the manufacturing has been a whole other challenge
1: yeah i wish that for the manufacturing we could have just wrote someone a check like we did for our friend for branding and it sort of worked out since day one but we were self-manufacturing from the beginning to a about a few months ago. And self-manufacturing, of course, means we were in a commercial kitchen. At first, not one that we owned, but one that a friend was letting us use on the weekends. Oh yeah. And because of different reasons, we couldn't hold all of our ingredients at that commercial kitchen space. So everything was at home and we would load up our car early on Saturday morning with all of the raw ingredients and materials, drive it all to the kitchen, unload it. Mind you, this is the height of the pandemic. So we're wearing our N95 masks in the commercial kitchen space. Summer of 2020, we would make batches of bars.
2: 2021, I
1: 2021, yeah. yeah. Make batches of bars. Leave with all the finished goods, packaged raw materials. Have to clean out the whole kitchen. We were there from no, no,
2: nothing left behind. Eight a.m.,
1: eight or nine a.m. to about ten p.m. every night. We'd have lunch and dinner in our vehicle because there was no space that we couldn't eat food in the commercial kitchen, and so that was just insane. <laughs> but really, all that happened because we weren't at that point making it for just Hannah anymore. We had demand. And that demand started when one of our friends gifted it to her boss, who had about 2 million followers on Instagram, posted one story about us. And the number of DMs we got on Instagram that day was insane. And so it took us about two or three months in that commercial kitchen on the weekends to fulfill orders from that first day that we launched because of that one Instagram story. That was the signal that told us maybe there's something. Before that, it was really all for Hannah and some of our friends who were like Venmoing us money on the side and I was making them bars out of our apartment. But that signal told us, maybe there's something here, let's get in the commercial kitchen. And then eventually we got our own commercial kitchen space and started making them. And at that point couldn't make it fast enough, even with four or five employees, moved to a contract manufacturer in the early part of this year, 2023.
0: That's amazing. And I was curious about how you got initial data from everyone. So wow, to have it be posted to all those followers and then get all those DMs and have to catch up on all those orders. That's incredible. Wow. And I'm curious, I think I saw something, an interview or something with Bazad where you talked about digging into the consumer data. As you've built out the e-commerce and just from that post that gained all that information, how have you looked at data that you've learned from consumers? Has that informed the process going forward? And how have you thought about the data that you've collected so far and how you can use that to shape the journey of the company?
2: Yeah, I think it's been amazing to launch D2C with so much Interest even before we had a website, like she posted before our website was really live. And so, we always make decisions based on customer insight that is like our bedrock, that's the reason why we're here. Like, I am the ideal customer, we built this product because I had a problem. And so, we're always interviewing customers, we're always looking at the data. We recently made a couple changes to our product after the first year and a half of really gathering insight from customers on what they thought about our product. So previously, our original bar, which we launched in 2021, was a larger 57 gram bar that was refrigerated and, and it still has all the same Nutrients that we offer right now, but it was a little bit bigger. So people were saying, Oh, I, it's a little bit hard for me to eat. I eat them every day. And so I was happy <laughs> to do it because it's like, it's like a breakfast or like a, a nice afternoon snack or an after dinner dessert. But people were saying, Oh, it's a little bit big. It's a little bit hard for me to eat. And I'm feeling nauseated because I'm pregnant. Um, and so there was that concern. We also ran some surveys with all the, we have direct line of communication with our customers, which is how we've, just gain all these insights. People were saying the price point is a little bit of a barrier. And a couple of those data points led us to reformulating and releasing this newer version of our product, which we just released about a month ago.
1: And part of it was also talking to not just customers, but stores and retailers like Whole Foods, who we had a conversation with last fall, asked us where we envisioned this to be on the store shelf. And that was back when we were a refrigerated product. And that is a great question because Women who are pregnant, who are looking for prenatal vitamins and whole foods, aren't looking next to the refrigerated protein bar section. They're looking where the prenatal vitamins are. So that told us. A year ago almost that we need to be a shelf stable product that took a lot of r&d to make it shelf stable as opposed to to refrigerated product but since we want to go retail and so we have had those conversations with whole foods and we were in the target accelerator too, a dream retailer for us for sure we want to be where customers expect to find us next to the other supplements so it's been a combination like hannah said of hannah's done so many customer interviews
2: it's my favorite thing,
1: though. It's her favorite like thing to do. It. If yeah. she could just do that. I love it. Would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been on a few and it's always really revealing and really fun to hear from that person who's on the subscription. But then even just talking to retailers, I think we needed to be not only shelf stable, but a smaller form factor because of how much shelf space the old bar would take up. And then even a price point that's a little bit more palatable at retail. People are comparing prices on retail shelf all the time. That's What drives a lot of consumer behavior is just that price threshold that they have in their mind. So we want it to be a little bit closer to a few dollar a day max. So now it's about three dollars a day per serving of the prenatal vitamin and people are using it as a snack, some as a supplement. So we're learning a lot how people are using it, how they expect to find us, where they expect to find us and what uh, we can do as a result of being small to pivot and change even the form factor and formulation and the price to respond to those customer desires. That's amazing.
0: You mentioned the target accelerator, which I wanted to ask about because that was the target forward founders accelerator, I think. And then I believe you've gone through the SKU accelerator. I'm curious at what stage did you start applying to accelerators. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience going through either both of those programs and how it was helpful or things that you learned.
2: Yeah. So we, about maybe six months after we kind of soft launch, we saw these opportunities that actually are our friends sent our way. So we thought, okay, let's try it. Let's try it out. Because I'm an artist, a scientist. I, do, I worked in several startups before. So I do have experience on the business side. But we've never created a brand before. We've never tried to get into retail. And so SKU and Target were really at a pivotal point of our business. Like when we were so early on, we had only been really in operation for a few months. So we did the experiences almost back to back
1: they were at the same time. So yeah. we would have some days where we had a SKU class in the morning and then the target session in the afternoon. So we were on calls for these accelerators for five or six hours some <laughs> days, which was a lot. I do wish that they were maybe more spread out.
2: And I was pregnant at the time. And you
1: were pregnant at the yeah, time. So it was yeah. a lot. But I think the biggest takeaways for us weren't necessarily, although some of the content from the programs were outstanding, the biggest takeaway was connecting to other founders because as those who are in the journey or thinking about it understand, it's very isolating. Most of your friends with quote-unquote normal jobs will have no idea what you're doing. They'll have no idea why you're working all the time. Yeah, it's just, it can be really isolating to be on this journey, especially early on. So to be running the race with others alongside us that were also at the very early stage, the so target for founders was companies under a mill revenue. SKU had a little bit more variation as far as revenue, but it was still pretty early stage companies just to connect with other founders. And we had founder meetups. Those were as good, if not, you know, more rich than the sessions from Target and Scoot themselves. Because we would just learn from people that were one step, one and a half steps ahead of us. How did you solve this problem? How do you run your finances? Like, how do you make a PO for this set of retailer? There's just so much that we learned just from talking to people that were just, quote unquote, at our level that was super valuable. I can't imagine where we'd be today without those experiences, mostly because the founders that we've met in those accelerators are still close to us to this day.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And with the Target Accelerator, I'm curious, does that mean that when you're someday to be in Target, or there's some overlap that maybe that will help you someday, since it sounds like it's a dream retailer for you eventually? Do you think those connections will help with that eventually, or is it a separate program than a lot of their retail work?
1: Yeah, it's an early program where they're identifying brands that are promising. We did get at the end a meeting with a buyer. We presented the way that any brand that wants to get into Target would to a buyer. They gave us feedback on the good and the bad. And everything in between, that was helpful because it's not necessarily easy from my understanding just to get a meeting with a target buyer. So
2: mm-hmm. that
1: was a huge payoff for us. Target helped us understand retail, and retail is a beast that's very different from D2C. And so there's just things you have to be aware of as far as margins, distribution, like size, preparedness as far as marketing that you don't have to think about at the same level if you're D2C. Of course, you can grow D2C and, and be huge and stay D2C. And I think. We have a lot of room to grow in d c too, but retail is a different beast. So that opened our eyes to what it looks like to become ready for retail so that we could start taking steps one year, six months in to one day get ready for retail. SKU was more about accelerating and scaling. So how do you scale a company from zero to a million? Great network of founders and investors. So that we, when we started investing or looking for investors for our friends and family, we went to the SKU network first. And SKU is based out of Austin, Texas, and there's some really deep roots for CPG and health and wellness i.e. Whole Foods based in Austin, Texas and a lot of other brands coming out of that space. So that took us to Austin a few times and it was a great opportunity just to network with not only other founders, but people that were living and breathing everything CPG.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. To, those lasting connections sound so valuable. And we hear that a lot, even with the startup CPG, it's often very lonely to be on this startup's journey and connecting with other people that are at the same stage or just a step ahead is so incredible. So that's so cool that you had those experiences experiences growing your brand to a new distribution channel need to maximize your purchasing power and scale faster time to settle now pay later settle is an all-in-one cash flow management solution built for growing cpg brands settle working capital offers flexible short-term financing with competitive rates and faster access to the financing you need with credit eligibility reviews in just one to three days. The number one reason customers like Branch, Dagny Dover, and Starface love Settle? Transparent terms. No surprises, just upfront clarity on financing terms with a set pay schedule. Settle takes a holistic approach to credit reviews, because sales don't tell your whole story. Also, it's non-dilutive capital. You built your brand, you keep ownership. Ready to scale to what's next? Get started for free at Settle.com slash Startup CPG. That's Settle, S-E-T-T-L-E dot com slash Startup CPG. And on the note of Startup CPG, since you were a backpack brand at Expo West, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about your Expo West experience. What was that like? How was the backpack brand experience? What did you learn through that experience or anything that yeah that you found that you wanted to share from that time?
2: Expo West is always an interesting place to to just walk the floor so that's what we were doing for the past 2 years. We'd literally have a backpack full of Prada and just talk to people and see what they thought on the spot. The ability to be part of the backpack brand event was really helpful because we we knew we were going to be at a certain place at a certain time. We invited everybody we knew to the event and yeah it was incredible. Like we there were so many buyers at that event. I basically went around and talked to people. Some really impressive retailers, some really impressive like investors were there. So we made quite a few connections through that event and through the backpack brand especially. We also met a couple other cool brands, which was uh, really fun. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, that's so cool that you've walked the show for multiple years too. As well, have you had a strategy walking the show to Go to certain areas, or there's just so much ground to cover. So I'm always curious to hear other people's strategies when they're walking the show.
1: Yeah, we've had a game plan of booths that we wanted to hit up for sure. But the first year that we walked the show, we did have a very specific strategy, and that was find people who were pregnant. And this paid off at least once, big time, where we found two ladies, one who was pregnant, one who was not. And as we approached them and had this conversation with them about 10, we gave them samples. I was like, I think I've seen. Yeah, this we session. walked away, and I was like, that was nice. And Hannah was like, do you know who that was? And it ended up being two influencers, yeah, um, who have big followings on social media, both for like health and wellness lifestyle. One of them who does a bunch of debunking ingredients and like talking about things that are unhealthy and inflammatory oils and all the rage nowadays, which is in, in part true. So those folks both restoried about us and we saw them in Expo West last year again, walking the floor. Oh my gosh, you guys. So we looked for, of course, people in our target demographic, but also like Hannah said, we look for investors and buyers. And often you want to look at the name tag of the person. And if their name tags flip backwards, they're often a buyer and they're trying to hide and everyone's on that. And I remember seeing a group, a pretty well-known CPG investment group, City Capital. And I was like, I've always wanted to talk to these guys. We're way too small for them, but there were five or six of them floating around. And I just took a bunch of bars and I just jumped in front of them like a cartoon character. And I was like, Hey guys, city capital. My name is Bazaar. I co-founded 10 with my wife, Hannah. I gave them like the 90 second pitch and asked at what stage they start to invest in CPG brands. And it was much larger than where we were at the time. But my goal was just to make an impression and just to go for it. And I think what things like Backpack Brand and even Expo West, I don't want to say they force you to do but they encourage you to do just to go for it and just to extend yourself out of your comfort zone, throw your hand out there and try to get that connection made because you never know what's going to happen. Crazy things happen at Expo West. Right, this is how people get on certain buyers and investors' radar, and you just have to get caffeinated, get hype. Just remember why you exist in this space, and try to get other people excited about your ideas. And the fact that you could just walk up to investors at City Capital or a Whole Foods buyer—like yeah. the playing field is level, and the spoils go in some ways to those that are just going to put themselves out there and take that chance. So I always have to hype myself up though on those mornings because some days I'm like exhausted by day three. We try to gamify it and just try to make it fun and help people see really who we are and how passionate we are about our products.
2: Yeah. I think I it's just some, I really think that if the right people experience our product, like that one trial can amount to so much. They're just there's so many customers that we've talked to that said, When I found you, I feel like I hit the jackpot. And they say things like, I feel like this is a miracle. This has changed my life. And it's really that kind of feedback that keeps us going. Like, why are we doing this? We're not trying to become millionaires. Like No one goes to CPG to do that. We really want to solve people's problems. And so another thing that I forgot to mention at the Backpack Brands event, we actually brought a pregnant suit. So we brought a pregnant belly. It's called an empathy belly that non-pregnant people can try on to feel like how it is to actually be pregnant and hold all that weight? There's even you fill it with a warm bottle so that like it's like simulating like something weighing down your kidney and and so we got the chance to connect with people at that level. Hey, our brand is really about humanizing, elevating the mother, and why don't you try what it feels like to be pregnant? And so that that sparked some really interesting conversations, and that's really what all of this is about. It's about connecting with people to to show like. What the experience is about, it's about creating a product that will actually inspire joy in the motherhood journey, which is a really difficult journey at times. And yeah, like bringing something to market that hasn't been brought. Yeah, I love all
0: of that. I had forgotten about the, you called it the empathy, empathy suit. Yeah, empathy belly i had forgotten about that. That was so cool that you had that there. And yeah, I love that. And I love just the mention of being able to level the playing field and just talk to the people at city or what have you. Because even if your brand isn't ready, like when we've had venture capitalists on the show and stuff, they talk about how just because when you're ready, it doesn't mean that they're going to be ready to write a check. They want to write checks to people they have relationships with. So building those relationships before you're ready so that they are people that you know, and that they know you, and then you just keep sharing how you're growing. And then when you're ready, they're there. So yeah, the shows are a lot, they're exhausting. You got to get the caffeine, the compression socks and just tackle the day.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I'm curious too, for both of you, like, what does it look like to ramp up into working on the brand more as it's grown? Like, how are you splitting responsibilities between the two of you, what is it looking to manage the business? Are you using some like contractors to help with certain areas? I feel like in the early days, there's always so much to do. And there's only two of you and so much time in the day. So how are you tackling what you need to do next? And, and what you are working on?
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. Like the early days, you have to do everything. And the problem for us was that we were both doing everything. <laughs> so I was like on the science side, the product side, but I found myself caring so much about every little marketing and social media thing that we put out, like obsessively. And that was really cramping Hannah's style because she was supposed to be, and she was, owning all the marketing, all the outward facing part of the brand. But yeah, I was trying to poke my finger into everything. And that was not great. So we needed to divide responsibilities where I have now someone that does our bookkeeping and a fractional CFO. It's really not that expensive, we can do it. And I think we need to do it if we're really trying to grow. I have somebody now who on also a fractional basis, isn't a fractional COO, but it helps us with some operations and ingredient sourcing on a fractional basis. And then I formulate the bars and help get things where they need to move, whether it's ingredients, finished goods, etc. So I'm more of the operations person a little bit at this point. Hannah is certainly much more of the CMO type person, although she does a ton of operations as well, where Hannah works with a fractional CMO, some fractional help on social media.
2: Yeah, it kind of ebbs and flows depending on our needs. And yes, but it's really funny because I own the marketing, Bazad owns product and operations but Bazan has a mind for marketing and I have a mind for operations so yeah we're doing it all wrong
1: <laughs> but is-
2: so we're a good team so we basically help each other when when needed so we're getting ready for our next production run I'm doing a lot of stuff on the operation side and then Bazan gives me all sorts of interesting tidbits of information and ideas for social media and other marketing things he's actually really good at marketing. In his mind, I execute it, but it's been an ongoing challenge and conversation, like who does what, who owns what, and now we know how important it is. Just have to delegate. Just have to delegate. You can't do everything. We're really trying to grow, and the only way to grow is, yeah, we can't clone ourselves, is to to delegate. And so it's been a journey, especially being a married family and uh, not having any work-life balance, which is a different conversation, but we're making it work. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you
0: mentioned all of that. Because a I think it's great that you're getting support early in the finance area, because I feel like that's often one of the last areas people get some fractional support, and it can be so helpful early on if you can find a way to do that. So I love that. And just the point about working together. And I love that you're communicating about who's working on what and those pieces, because it's tough to sort out when we have a lot of community members and people that have come on the show that their business partners, they're either married to them or family members. And that just adds a different layer of figuring out, like you said, balance and working together and requires a lot of extra communication, I think, in most cases, just to make sure that everybody is feeling good about the direction of the business and the rest of your life. Do you have any tips or anything for other married founders or anything that you've learned so far that you want to share with anybody?
1: It depends on the day of the week you ask me this. Some days I'm like, don't do it. Some days I'm like, this is the most fun thing I could imagine doing. Early on in this journey, I heard on another podcast that married folks that, you know, found companies together, they increased their rate of divorce. It increases the rate of the company dying, burning through cash, running out of money. And then I also read in a separate book that married couples who have kids report decreased satisfaction in their marriage. So I was like, OK, so if you have a kid, your satisfaction in marriage goes down. And if you start a company with your spouse, your likelihood of getting separated goes up. So why don't we do both at the same time? Let's start a company and have a baby at the same time. And let's just yeah. try to be in that minority. But there's good and bad of it. The bad is, of course, it's hard to turn off. So Hannah and I are unfortunately always talking about work. The baby goes to sleep now at 7, 7.30. And then Hannah and I start our second day of work because we'll work from 7.30 p.m. to like 1. So we've worked five or six hours during the day. Go home, see we the We do day.
2: not recommend this. Don't recommend <laughs> it.
1: But I will say this, even though I don't recommend it from a physical health or mental health health standpoint, it helps us get stuff done. But I'm realizing now that it's so unsustainable and I need to balance that with rest, with just times of quiet where I'm unplugged. I think for tend to continue to grow and flourish means that Hannah and I will have to continue to flourish as humans. And I think finding the balance is something that I'm always working on and certainly not an expert at, but I know that it wears me down and I need to prioritize my time a bit more.
2: One tip that somebody told us early on was to put on your calendar every two weeks a reminder to celebrate the wins. Because as a married couple, as business owners, you're in the slug, you're in the grind of every day. Every day has so many challenges. You wake up, you do it exactly the same. And it's hard. But we try to, when possible, to celebrate the wins. And that helps give us perspective. Uh, I think one of the big advantages we have as married couple and business owners is that we trust each other. We already know how the other person operates. So there's a communication, there's a level of communication understanding that is already built in. And I think that, as has said, despite all of the, we're against the odds, I think that our marriage and our relationship has not been stronger So it's been an interesting oxymoron because even though we're very sleep deprived and having a great time with our baby, but who also needs a lot of care and attention. It's been a really full season, but I guess uh, we're happy that it's worked out this way.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love all of that. That's really cool. I really appreciate you both sharing about that. What's coming up next for Tend? What either later this year or even going into next year? Like, what are you excited about? You mentioned some seasonal flavors coming out. So I'm very excited to stay tuned for that. What other things are, even if they're not like launches necessarily, but what's top of mind for you and that you're excited about within the business coming up?
2: The seasonal flavor will be released in probably about six weeks. It's a flavor that has been requested in the general sense. And we are really, I think that it's like the best tasting flavor ever, right? That we've ever made. We've made five. We have three core skews, and then we've created three additional seasonal flavors in the past. And this is a brand new one that we're very excited to be launching.
1: Yeah, regarding this seasonal flavor, no prenatal should taste this good. (laughs) It makes no sense. I think the future of TEND since TEND started with our family struggle with prenatal vitamins. And now we have almost one and a half year old baby, I expect tend to grow as our family grows. And I'm always thinking about what can I give our baby that's not out there, that's a nutrition related product. And babies take gummy vitamins, but they don't even chew gummies until they're at least two years old. So we think there's gaps and further opportunities to develop nutrient dense snacks for kids very early once they start accepting solid food that will act vitamin like at a time in life where there are no vitamin options for kids so really excited to i'm always actually like hacking our baby's diet yeah
2: Uh, yeah so
1: i'm adding like and it's okay like i'm not doing anything too crazy it's
2: based on the science
1: but i'm adding drops of this ingredient or that that ingredient and i'm like she's still growing and the first Year of life, she was like 98th percentile height and weight. So I was like, okay, I'm not, she's not stunted or anything. Like, no, so she's very healthy. Always hacking our baby's diet. And I'm now trying to recently think about how to turn those hacks into something that other people can do in their homes and maybe deliver those hacks in the form of a packaged good or a product that we can sell. Again, not necessarily because we have to grow the company and expand SKUs. I,
2: I would be looking for that sort of product. We would be looking for that sort of product for our kid. Because we know that there's certain nutrients they need in this specific time of life that actually helps their cognition and their brain development. And that sort of product does not exist. There's that. And then women are always talking to us about they want something for after postpartum. Because you can actually eat 10 when you're trying to conceive, when you're in the fertility stage, when you're pregnant, and postpartum as well. So we have nutrients that are specific to each of these stages. So I'm still breastfeeding. The recommendation is now breastfeed for two years, if you can, after the baby's born, which is a long time. I'm still breastfeeding a little bit. And so still on this bar and people who are not pregnant, not trying to get pregnant, also eat this bar as a nutrient-dense snack. So right now it says prenatal on this, which I think gives people a certain conception. But customers are also asking for, "Can can I have this for my, something for my general health? How about something for my husband? So I think there's a lot of innovation that we have planned. And the vision is really to bring this type of real food, snackable supplementation to every member of the family. That's the larger vision because we all deserve to have this type of 100% real food options.
0: I love that. I'm so excited to continue to follow your journey. And I encourage everyone to go to TEND, so T-E-N-D, prenatal.com. Also on Instagram, you can follow at Tend Prenatal. And so make sure you can follow along, order some of the products. Because yeah, I'm very excited to continue to follow along and just see how you grow. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up today?
1: We're here not just to sell the prenatal products and bars. One of the most rewarding parts, as we alluded to, has been just talking to customers that are different points of their fertility and pregnancy journey. So when a customer DMs us on Instagram or emails us, we're still small enough that goes right to us. So if there are folks that we can support, even if they don't buy the product, the you know, TEND is really here to help people feel nourished, to grow not only their families, but just to bring some joy and delight to what can sometimes be an isolating and long journey as it was for us trying to conceive having a baby in postpartum. So we're here to be a resource. That's what our social channels are about as well. So if you message us still, we're small enough that it's both Hannah and I will see the message and we love to talk to customers and learn what their needs are so that we can adjust appropriately and offer things that really add value. Awesome.
0: That's a great note to end on. Thank you both so much for the time today and for sharing more uh, with us. I really appreciate it. And yeah, just excited to continue to stay in touch and follow the journey. And we're so glad you're part of the Startup CPG community. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening in today. I'm so honored you joined me for this conversation and I love hearing from you all with feedback, suggestions, or if you just wanna say hi at podcast at startupcpg.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. If you liked this episode, we'd love for you to share it with a friend or colleague, subscribe so you don't miss future episodes, and maybe even leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you aren't yet in our Slack community of founders and experts, We'd love to see you there. You can get the free invite at startupcpg.com and find all our other awesome resources there, like webinars, databases, the blog, the magazine, and virtual and in-person events. And if you found yourself rocking out to our intro and outro music, which I do every single time, make sure to check out the Super Fantastics on Spotify. It's the band of our Startup CPG founder, Daniel Sharf. I'm Jesse Freitag, your host and producer, and on behalf of the whole team at Startup CPG, thank you for being here and see you next week.